Hi, this is Marty Terigny. I'm one of the portfolio managers here at GWK, and this is the Q3 Muni Bond Strategy Podcast. I'm going to take a minute to explain what happened during the quarter, and then I'm going to move on to strategy and performance, and then finish up with our outlook heading into year end. So what happened during the third quarter? Well, munis continued to perform extremely well. We had the three, third straight quarter of declining rates. Ten-year munis were down nine basis points. That brings the year-to-date rate decline down to, uh, of down 64 basis points. And using the Barclays 10-year index as a proxy, it's up over 7% now, so pretty good year. Um, and all this in a year when most of the pundits were sure that rates were going to rise. Um, this has certainly been a cautionary tale for anyone who is trying to predict rate movements uh, or even just sitting in cash on the sidelines just waiting for the right moment to invest. Um, so what have been the causes of this big rally in muni bonds? Well, the primary reason has been the strong Treasury market. Um, the Treasury market was down another four basis points for the quarter and now 54 basis points year to date. And there's a number of factors at work there. Uh, most importantly, uh, the slowing global economy. Uh, the IMF just lowered their forecast for um, global growth to 3.3%, and that's almost a half a percent lower than six months ago. Um, and also, there appears to be very little inflation at work worldwide, and that's also a product of that slower growth. Um, so this has led uh, to lower bond yields in Europe. The 10-year yield on, in Germany is less than 1%. And if you look at uh, treasuries at well over 2% uh, here in the U.S., they've looked relatively attractive. And so that's meant a pretty strong global bid for our treasuries. Uh, in addition, we've had plenty of global unrest from Ukraine to Gaza to Syria to Iraq to Hong Kong and uh, potential for Ebola um, to spread in the U.S. have all meant a steady flight to quality bid for treasuries also. Um, on the muni side, we've performed particularly well, uh, even outperforming treasuries for both the quarter and the year. And, you know, that is not typical. We usually will underperform a strong rally. Um, but the reason for the muni outperformance has been mostly supply and demand driven. Um, supply has been very weak all year. It's down 11% year over year. Um, and if you look at the third quarter in isolation, that was the lowest level in 13 years. Um, and you combine that with some pretty strong demand, and there's been a couple of factors there, one being very consistent positive fund flows. Um, and now we're totaling about $13 billion year to date in those fund flows. And you remember last year we had about $60 billion in outflows, so uh, a shift there in sentiment from unis. Um, also, we've had some pretty strong coupon and maturity redemptions, and that's typical of the summer months. Usually July and August have big redemptions, and that money gets reinvested back into the muni market. And so there was plenty of cash on the sidelines looking for a place to invest. Um, and so that those factors together led to a supply and demand imbalance, um, and you could really see that in the new issue market. Um, the deals that did come to market saw voracious demand, were typically many times oversubscribed, in some cases 10 to 15 times oversubscribed. Uh, and that was really the, the, the higher yielding names got that uh, really strong demand. Um, but even the higher quality names uh, received strong demand. And, the, and all this allowed dealers to lower their yields during the sale period. And when these bonds were free to trade, in most cases they traded at even lower yields. Um, so what 
was our strategy in this environment? Well, we really tried to take advantage of that strong bid uh, in the third quarter. We looked to sell out of some of our weaker names that were still trading at what we felt was relatively rich. So we targeted some of our state GOs that had poorly funded pension systems and or high debt levels, and that included uh, Pennsylvania State, Kansas State, and Connecticut State uh, GOs. Um, All three of those have pension funding levels of less than 60%, uh, Connecticut in particular less than 50%. And we're going to see some new accounting standards that are going to be implemented in the next few years, and they're going to force states to report even lower levels um, based on lower discount rates, particularly for those um, that have higher unfunded liabilities. So that could be um, eye-opening for some of the states and um, and for some investors in the market. And we could see some spread widening for those states. And so we figured this was an opportunity, uh, opportune time to sell as the market was not really pricing in any downside risk for these names, really just basing the strong bid on the fact that they're state GOs. So with no supply around, there tends to be very little differentiation between credits. Uh, Almost all of of the names have been trading pretty tight. And so we were okay with selling some of those names um, before any such spread widening. And in general, we've been really okay with upgrading our credit quality as uh, spreads have really tightened all year. So from a curve perspective, we continue to sell our five-year bonds that have moved down Uh, the curve from the six-year bucket. Um, And really when inside of five years is the period of a bond's life when uh, that premium really starts to decline quickly as it approaches par. So we try to get out of that five-year paper before that um, depreciation happens. And as an active manager, you really are responsible for capturing those premiums before they go away. Um, So that's what we've been focused on In addition, if you look at the relative value metrics um, for the five-year part of the curve, it certainly appears a bit overvalued in here. Um, Using, you know, muni yields uh, over treasury yields as a proxy, uh, currently we're in the five-year part of the curve. It's in the mid-60s as a ratio. Um, And if you look at historical averages, that's more like 81%. So um, well through historical averages. Meanwhile, if you look at the 10-year part of the curve and and out further, those ratios are modestly cheap versus historical averages. So we were able to sell um, these five-year bonds at yields of around 1%, and we moved those bonds out to the curve into the 8- to 13-year part of the curve. Um, The curve is really still historically steep there, Uh, so we picked up some nice yield and the benefit of the stronger bond roll uh, that's out there. Um, And we executed this trade mostly during September, where there was a couple weeks of particularly strong supply, uh, where we had multiple deals of over a billion to take advantage of. So um, our timing was pretty good in that way. In terms of performance, uh, we slightly underperformed the Barclays 10-year index for the third quarter. uh, And it's been the same attribution themes for the quarter and the year. Um, Really, our shorter-than-benchmark maturities were a modest drag. with the 10-year really severely outperforming the five-year part of the curve on a year-to-date basis. If you look at 10-year yields, they're down 64, and the five-year is only down 17. To the extent that you owned anything uh, shorter than 10 years, uh, it, was a ne- it, it was a negative for performance. And also our higher quality bias, um, we tend to be underweight triple B and single A names, uh, and we're, with spreads tightening, 
Um, that was a modest negative. Our longer maturities were modestly overweight and longer maturities, those were our best performers as the yield curve flattened. So, you know, moving on to outlook, um, performance certainly has been great, uh, but what should you expect for the rest of the year? Well, we think the muni market could be tested a little in here. Those positive technicals that we've seen in the third quarter could weaken a bit. Um, coupon and maturity redemptions that were strong all summer um, are not as robust, robust in the fall. Um, also, we could see a little bit of a pickup in issuance that is typical of this time of year. But we feel like any supply-induced backup is likely to be modest. Um, you look at the states, they're still focused on balancing their budgets and solving the issues with their long-term liabilities, i.e. pensions and healthcare benefits. Um, Large-scale capital projects that, that are the ones that really create issuance spikes are certainly not a priority right now. Uh, austerity still rules the day. Um, but rather, the likely path is probably a modest uptick in issuance as states you know, try to deal with some deferred ma maintenance and repair needs. And any kind of larger volatility, uh, rates up or down, will likely come from the Treasury market. Uh, and that's certainly difficult to predict, as this year uh, is evidence of. Uh, even there, we really, uh, you know, if asked our opinion, we, we don't expect a big backup in rates. Um, inflation does appear to be well contained, and that relative value trade versus those European uh, low yields is certainly strong. And, you know, the front end of the curve will probably continue to move a little bit higher as the Fed prepares for its exit. The long end is much more focused on the low inflation and slowing global economy, so um, more flattening is probably in order. But we really, when it comes down to it, we really know we need to be prepared for anything, and that's why we have a very flexible portfolio. We are really well positioned for any backup in rates, and we'd certainly welcome it. With, we have about 40% of our portfolio shorter than benchmark maturities. So all of that is essentially dry powder, um, which we'll use to sell and redeploy if rates rise. You know, we'll sell those bonds that will likely perform pretty well and move them out into bonds that have cheapened up. So, you know, that volatility that could happen always tends to create an opportunity to add value. And we certainly would look forward to that. And with that said, uh, this concludes the Muni podcast, and we look forward to speaking you, with you next quarter.